0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. A drive to left center field, deep to the gap, and it's gone. Bowen Gonzalez with a three-run home run, and the Twins take the lead.
1: That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North with Dick Bramer on the call. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes where the magic number is 43. That's right. After one day of being the Score North Wild Card Twins show, back to being the Score North first place Twins show. Rami Makhlouf, Danny Cunningham, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. Judd Zulgad will be in for our number two of the show today. I I mentioned this on Cluster Fun, Danny, Mm -hmm. earlier, and folks can watch that Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. at Score North on our various Depends if Rami shows up on time, sometimes like 11.05. It was like 11.02 today. Okay, stop. It was like 11.02. But regardless, I mentioned on Cluster Fun, which you could watch daily, Monday through Friday uh, uh, at 11 a.m. I think last night, and I don't know if this is hyperbole, I don't know if this is being prisoner of the moment, was... The biggest night of the Twins season yet, and for a lot of reasons. I have a list of reasons that I'm going to go through for why I think it was the biggest night for the Twins. Am I being hyperbolic? Am I being prisoner of the moment, or do you think that was one of, if not the biggest night of the season for the Twins. It yet.
2: certainly was one of the biggest nights. Uh, I mean, you could make an argument for a couple different nights, like Eddie Rosario's home run against the A's, or the first right. win against the Yankees, Miguel Snow's walk-off against the Braves. So you can make the argument that there have been a bunch of big nights for this team. I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you or argue with you over last night being the biggest, because you're, you're in a pennant chase right now. And right. It's the later in the season you get, each game's going to start to carry a little bit more weight. So... Sure, the Brewers aren't as good of a team as the A's or the Yankees or the Braves or Cleveland, who you, that was, you could say Saturday was a big night too, and getting off, breaking your four game losing streak. So. They're not as good of a team as those other four teams that you've had big nights against, but it's still a huge night, and especially because of what happened in Cleveland with the Indians losing to Boston, that, that makes it even a little bit bigger because now you, you flip-flop in the standings, you go a half game up.
1: I always say like games games in April and March or whenever, whenever they're played, they mean just as much in the standings as a game sure. in August and September, but I'd be foolish not to recognize and, and realize and acknowledge that the drama is heightened when you get to mid-August and September and October, and things are as tight as they are in the AL Central right now, so yeah, it's just it's just more drama. There is more on the line in these games than than there has been in the past. I think there's more weight
2: yes. to the games. I right. think because yeah, the game on April 18th means as much in the standings as it the game on August 14th. Ultimately, exactly, it doesn't. Right there, now, there's we know what it means. There is no pressure when you are playing. Whoever you're playing in April, like, like there's just not pressure because there's so much time left, and right. there's always a finite amount of time remaining. But now you can kind you can kind of start counting down how many days are left in the season, and you, there's no question that these games mean a lot. in In April, you could have said, "Oh, the Twins, you know, they might win this game, but they still could lose the division by 15 games, or they could win the division by 15 games." We really have no idea. Right now, we know this is going to be a close race, so everything feels more important right now than it has for really. At any point in this season,
1: so obviously the the dramatic, the big win, the dramatic win in August with so much on the line that that's what makes it a big night for me. But also, and not entirely to rub it in, but a little bit to rub it in, sure. Your Indians finally suffered a tough loss of their own last night. They yeah. almost pulled it off. They were down yeah. like five. They were down six one. Uh, Mike Clevenger
2: didn't have his best stuff. Kind of what. What Jose Barrios had on Sunday for the Twins, that's what the Indians pitching has been the last couple of days where their starters have not had their best stuff. They've still been able to get you enough innings and make yeah. it look respectable, but they haven't been what you've expected them to be. So they were down 6-1. They they battled back. They ended up tying it up in the bottom of the ninth. Francisco Lindor hit a game-tying double. And then the biggest moment in that game wasn't necessarily Jackie Bradley Jr.'s home run in the top of the 10th that ultimately won it for the Red Sox. Lindor tried to steal third with one out. I saw out and that got this morning out. on
1: Sports Center. And, I didn't see that until this morning, and I was borderline shocked that Lindor would make a mistake like that. Afterwards, yeah, too. he called it. A rookie mistake. He, he said, You put this loss on me. And I mean, I have to agree with him.
2: There's no other way to put it. It's that that's a moment where if you're going to try and steal third, you better be safe, and you better be safe essentially without a throw. Like, it better not be a close play at third. Right. Um, I mean, if he is safe there, the Indians win the game and it in was nine innings.
1: Santana was at the play. No, right?
2: Oscar Mercado okay. was, and then one pitch later, Mercado flies out to right in a, a ball that would have been deep enough to get Lind- Lindor home and would have won the game. So if he's safe, and you can play, oh, well, you don't know how Boston would have pitched him, and and you're right about that. But if he's safe, they probably win that game. And even if he doesn't steal, you've got your best hitter up with two outs and a chance to win the game, and I would have taken that over Oscar Mercado batting with nobody on and two out.
1: Yeah, But ultimately, he's out and then mm-hmm. the home run an inning later, and the Indians finally lose. And I don't know about you, Danny. There, There's debate about whether or not momentum is a real thing in baseball. We know it's real in basketball. Yeah. We know it's real in football. Certainly, There's a debate about whether or not momentum is a real thing in baseball. The old, the old cliche saying is your momentum is whoever you have on the mound the next day. But the Indians just had so much good mojo going mm-hmm. that if you're a Twins fan – it's got to feel good to see that at least get slowed down for a night. Back-to-back walk-off home runs from the same guy to put you into first place for the first time in, what, three th- three months? Since like, April 20th. Since April 20th. And on top of that, you just took three or four from the team who you're battling for, for the division title. You just wanted that mojo to get slowed down, like to borrow from one of my other terms, pump the brakes on the Indians while you're cutting the brakes on the Twins.
2: I, with that being said, the, the old phrase is momentum is as There's, strong as the next day's starting pitcher. Yeah. And the Boston Red Sox are going with a bullpen day today as the, them and the Indians are about to get underway in Cleveland. And the Indians are starting Shane Bieber, who we just saw carve up the Twins last weekend, so that's something that's also worth noting, that there's a a pretty strong chance, nothing obviously is guaranteed in baseball, but I'd say that there's a strong chance, and Vegas agrees, that the Indians are probably going to win today against Boston.
1: I mean, yeah, that's probably... That's probably a, a fair. A, and then a, at that not point, not a safe bet. But a, as and safe then at as that point, that's in baseball.
2: I, I believe the Indians, at least when I checked an hour or so ago, were minus one eighty five on the money line to win today. Which against a team with as strong of a lineup as Boston's, a pretty big advantage for sure.
1: I don't understand betting on baseball. It doesn't seem you, like you essentially a lot of just money pick winners. You,
2: ju- you right. essentially just pick winners, and it's. Do you understand how a money line works?
1: Kind of. So, I've never been a gambler. So
2: I don't know what the line on the Twins game is that starts at, at 110 today uh, in Milwaukee, but the line on the Indians was minus 185. So if you wanted to win $100 uh-huh. by picking the Indians to win, you had to bet 185 that they would yeah, win. Yeah, it just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, that's why you make more money betting underdogs. And, right. Like you would have to, if you wanted to try and make money today. The Red Sox line for the game is let me find it. The Red Sox line for the game. You had that is, up on your phone really quick. I just went to the ESPN app. Oh, okay. It's right I there. Thought you just had the, uh, the Red Sox the page. money line is one seventy. So, and as this game starts in three minutes, uh, the Red Sox. If you were to put a hundred dollars on the Red Sox to win, and they do win, you win one hundred and seventy. Okay. So that's how you make your money in baseball. You have to pick underdogs and, and get lucky.
1: It just seems like it's harder to bet baseball than other sports, which probably explains it's more why complicated, it's dropped certainly. in popularity because gambling rules That and the, the, the pace of play stuff too, and the, yeah. the
2: strike zone being terrible, which I know that I, I think we could probably get into later in the show if you want because there was a call that affected your Cubs. I don't know if it, if it affected the outcome. Jason Stark.
1: But it was one of the worst strike calls I've ever seen. Hall of Fame baseball writer Jason Stark of The Athletic, who joins uh, Mackie and Judd with Ramy weekdays, 4 to 6, Uh, every Wednesday, although he's he's off today. He had a great article. I'm only about halfway through it, but a great article at The Athletic about the the robot umpire strike zone Mm -hmm. and what implications it'll have, what MLB players think of it, what Atlantic League players who are playing with it right now think of it. It's... Go check it out. We might talk about it later on this show. Definitely we'll talk about it on Mackey and Judd with Rami later this afternoon. But wanted to fo- keep the focus on the Twins here on the Score North. First place Twins show, at least for now, Danny. And going down my list of why I thought last night was quite possibly the biggest night of the season for the Minnesota Twins yet. Big, dramatic win on a big, dramatic moment. The Marwin Gonzalez home run. Uh, Indians lose. That's, that's number two on my list. Number three and we might need to spend the rest of the segment talking about this, a very very strong outing from Martin Perez
2: yeah my that's worry huge. here my worry here though is that Martin Perez all he did was give you false hope that that's who he's going to be <laughs> no and, and I'm serious I'm not trying to be cynical but <laughs> no, I get it but I who it. is Martin Perez he closer to the forward. guy is so he is he, he closer up. to the guy that pitched last night or is he closer to the guy that you've seen the last five starts I history kind of tells you it's the last five starts and not last night right every pitcher is going to be able to go out there at some point or another and pitch really well Martin Martin Perez did that last night. He deserves credit, but I think that you need to be really cautious if you're starting to expect Martin Perez to be that for most of the time because he's just he's not going to be that guy. We've learned ever since May that's not who Martin Perez is. They fixed him for a little bit, then it kind of broke down. He had a good start, but I wouldn't expect him to be very good the rest of the season still.
1: I think even the most optimistic Twins fan knew that he wasn't that guy who he was in April and May. Even even I was saying that he's going to come back down to earth. Now, he came back down to he Earth. He crashed. And then dropped, like your and bus. he fell into a crater. He landed on Earth, hit a crater, and went like 20, 30, 40 feet deeper than Earth. Like, it was it was a precipitous fall. He was pretty for, high up for there. For Martín Pérez, so I didn't, I didn't expect that kind of drop-off. Sure. So would you say, is he the guy from earlier in the season or the guy from the last five starts? I don't think it has to be either one no. for no, the no, Twins no. to feel good. Something in between would be great, and despite the one earned run... I think something in between. Wasn't it unearned? Uh, actually, yeah, you're right. It was unearned, but thanks to uh, Jorge Polanco not catching a ball. Despite at that, base, I think right. Despite the run total, I think so. He walked four and yeah. wiggled his way out of out of a couple of jams. So he wasn't as sharp as we saw him in April and, and through mid May. But if he if he can be that sharp for you for the rest of the season, you'll take that for Martin Perez Certainly. in a heartbeat.
2: I just, I'm not confident in that being Martin Perez the rest of the season. I think, I don't think he's the guy that's been horrendous since the All Star break. I certainly don't think he's the guy that was uh, fantastic for the first two months. Like you said, he's somewhere in between. I just think it's closer to the not good version of him than the good version of him. You think he's closer to the? I think the real Martín Pérez is closer. I'm not saying he is the guy that's been bad. I'm saying it's closer to the guy that that was bad, as opposed to the guy that was really. I just good. want
1: him, if he, if he could find a happy medium,
2: like right I, in the middle of those. I don't two know things, that it's going to be right in the middle. That. I think it's going to lean towards he had the like not a so good.
1: Three and a half, four ERA for the remainder of the season. That's will, pretty good, and I don't I, I don't think that, that, that he's Martín Pérez. Not it. the one or two ERA that he had for the first month and a half. That's crazy. But if he could get if he could get around a three and a half, four ERA, keep the walks to a minimum, and what we saw last night, which we haven't seen in a while from Martin Perez and explains a lot of why he struggled, is a sharp ninety five mile per hour four seam fastball paired up with the two-seam fastball. I mean, things were working for him last night Certainly. that haven't worked in a while. If he can get that velocity back, that goes a long way to getting closer to the Martin Perez of early in the season rather than the Martin Perez of later in the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just, I'm just i not confident in him being able to to do that consistently. It's great for the Twins that he was able to do it last night. But it also makes you worry that they're going to now now give him a little bit longer of leash, and maybe if he would have had one more start, he one more bad start could have been out of the rotation. Now that's, it might take two or three, and you can't afford two or three bad starts from him at this point.
1: That's the crazy thing about last night, and this, this is the type of thing that happens in seasons like this where guys who are up against the ropes or guys who otherwise wouldn't even be in the lineup deliver for you some way, somehow. Martin Perez, Patrick Royce, hypothesized on Mackey and Judd with Rami yesterday, wouldn't have even gotten that start if, if uh, Contreras was ready to, or excuse me, if Pineda was ready to come off the, the I.L., I see he, what you did there, Cubs fan. He might have gotten <laughs> he might have gotten the hook from the rotation before he even got that start yesterday. I think he would have if Pineda was ready, and then he goes out there and does what he does.
2: I think he would have got. I don't think he would have made that start yesterday if Michael he Pineda were have able even to
1: even been out there and he gave you six innings of one run. And baseball, that's my worry is unmet. now
2: now you're probably going to bounce Devin Smeltzer from the rotation again, which I understand he's only made what three starts in his career. That's fine, but you're doing it for Michael Pineda, who has been really good, but. Martin Perez probably sh- isn't long for that lo- rota- rotation or shouldn't be, but because of one really
1: good start last night, he's going to have a longer leash. This idea just popped into my head, so it's not very well thought out and could <laughs> like most. very, very possibly be just a bad idea. We've seen Jose Barrios's velocity drop a little bit his last few starts. De Odorizzi has piled up the innings. Martin Perez, good start yesterday, but you don't really trust him. When you get Pineda back, that's a guy who's healthy you have to worry about and, and and wonder. Kyle Gibson isn't necessarily a guy who you can rely on that much. What if for the remainder of the season, m- not full-time, but maybe just mix in a six starter to so take the load off some of these guys?
2: If we were... If this were two weeks or three weeks into the future, I would agree with you. But because you don't have your 40-man rosters yet, I don't think that you can afford to burn a bullpen spot on another starter, especially when your bullpen's been as bad as the Twins. If this were September 1st, I'd be on board with that idea. But because it's August 14th, I can't be.
1: Yeah, something you have to consider. Like I said, it do just it, do it in half head. weeks. Do it, it, do it
2: when the calendar flips,
1: but you can't do it now. It wasn't thoroughly analyzed. That's no, definitely it's, it's, a, not, it's not your worst idea. That's a whole... No. Oh, no. Oh, I've had much worse ideas. I know. We can spend a whole segment on my bad ideas. You want to? I'm in for that. No, let's keep talking talking about the first place twins. It's the Score North, first place twins show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 43. Rami Makhlouf, Danny Cunningham, back after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. it was great i think he was uh you know around the zone like you say a couple of walks but that's that's not really the point through the ball great um the stuff was really good um and i think he was he was in and around the zone the entire night even his misses were generally pretty good misses and um i think he just i think he was i think he just did a great job i mean it was it was a very very solid start from beginning to end that's Rocco Baldelli after the 7-5 win over the Brewers last night, coupled with a Indians loss to the Red Sox, making this the Score North first-place Twins show once again, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, where the magic number is 43 to win the AL Central. Baldelli talking about Martin Perez there, who we were just talking about before the break. Six innings, one run. It was unearned on six hits. He walked four and struck out three. And, uh, Danny, before the break, we were... I was I threw out the idea on a whim, off the cuff, of maybe going with a six-man rotation down the stretch here to, to lighten the load on everybody and not rely so much on the Martín Perez's and Kyle Gibson's and Michael Pineda's of the world who aren't necessarily the strongest links in your chain, and you poke the hole in it of... You don't have the expanded forty man roster yet and you need sure. a, you need the arms in the bullpen you need a full arsenal of arms in the bullpen. Especially we trying, when the
2: arsenal hasn't exactly been the strongest. Exactly. In the bullpen. We were
1: trying to to play the roster manipulation game during the break to see if we could make this work. And it's a tough puzzle to put together to again keep a full arsenal of arms in the bullpen for Rocco Baldelli.
2: So essentially, I think if you wanted to do this before the 40-man rosters came into play on September 1st, you would need to have seven starting pitchers for six spots in the rotation. You would need to, whoever that sixth guy is, whether it's Smeltzer or I believe Domnak is how you say his last name, the guy with the fun mustache.
1: Right now Smeltzer is definitely six. Sure, but it's you need a 7th because seven. you have
2: to send down the 6th guy to call up the 7th guy to make that spot start because once you get sent down to the minor leagues, unless someone goes on the injured list, which is entirely possible. Yeah,
1: but you're not going to keep playing that game sure, over and but over
2: again. but if someone goes on the injured list, then you can call them back up. But if someone doesn't, who, you when to- you're sent down to the minor leagues, you have to wait a minimum of 10, 10 days, days right. before you're allowed to be sent back up. So that's that's kind
1: of the so conundrum you here. Seventh, you would need a seventh starter, seventh to starter have a six who man had rotation. Even just a little bit of faith in in the middle of a pendant race. I don't see it. And I don't see that either. And I
2: understand the concerns with Barrios and Odorizzi and their workloads and velocity being down in, in the case of Jose, but you are you're playing for everything right now. You do want those guys out there every fifth day because you need to try and get as many wins as possible, and you're going to have a much better chance of winning, even if it is a slightly down-and-tick velocity Jose Barrios or Jacob Odorizis, whose innings are certainly piling up. They give you a better chance to win, at least in my opinion, than Devin Smelter does, and that's that's a big thing here. Like you have to give your chance yourself the best chance to win every single You're day. You're
1: sure that Martín Pérez and Michael Pineda give you a better chance to win than Devin Smelter does? No, I'm saying that Arizzi and Pérez, yes, obviously.
2: Odorizzi and Barrios.
1: And Barrios, excuse me. Yeah. Um,
2: but if you're having that six starter, it still pushes those guys back a day. Right. It's not That's as true. if you're skipping one of those two in the rotate or it's not as if you're skipping Martin Perez in the rotation, because at that point, just replace him, right? Yeah. You're not skipping them. You're just pushing everyone back a day, which means, ultimately, probably one less start for everybody. Might be able to do it in in September, but it doesn't seem like... Yeah, September, it's realistic. Right it's realistic in September, and you probably won't have a true six-man rotation, but you'll see Smelter get a spot start. You'll see someone else get a spot start here or there. Maybe right. it's once every 10 days. Maybe it happens four times in the month of September.
1: So I was going uh, also before the break over the list of things that I thought made last night the biggest night in the Twins 2019 season yet. Mm-hmm. I actually have a list typed out. You just peeked over onto my no, computer I, screen.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Well, n- normally you write these things down and you cheat.
1: No, I'm, I'm digital. Not
2: today. that you could be cheating. I'm but strictly one hundred
1: percent digital. Today, welcome, so...
2: welcome to 2019, betcha, Rami. It's, it's been fun. <laughs> um, I have a lot to tell you. Some of it you're probably not going to like. But keep 2019 wild man. I keep
1: hearing about Twitter.com. Is that a big thing nowadays?
2: Yeah, it's a website. I don't know much about. <laughs> it's a website.
1: What do people do on there? It's free, <laughs> and it, it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> no, it definitely shouldn't be. They could let's not give many ideas, but they could be charging for Twitter. It's pretty entertaining. There
2: is some hashtag content.
1: It abuses me. Um, so I mentioned Indians losing, Twins going back into first place with that. Uh, the uh, just the drama of the night, of the way that they won in 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 the heightened uh, intensity of a a pennant race here in in late August. Is it late August yet? Mid August? No, it is. Uh... August 14th. Oh. Yeah, I don't think you can call it late in the month until, like, the mid? 22nd. Let's say mid. Mid? Mid-August, Mid-August is August? fine. I all think, right.
2: like, from the, the 12th until the 22nd is the middle of the month, and then the 22nd... got to wait till the
1: 22nd to call it late August? Yeah. I would think 20th. You're in the, no. you're in the later third. No, there's you're 31, in the days. 31 days. It's 31 uh, days. All
2: right. 20 semantics. seconds when, is when the later third begins.
1: Regardless, right now, we're definitely in the meat of mid-August. Can we agree on that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um I forgot where I even was. Oh, yeah. Just talking about months, man. Next on my list of of why that was the biggest night of the season yet for the Minnesota Twins. um, The two guys who you traded for. Now, after a hiccup in the bullpen, and I want to talk about the decision to go with Ryan Harper later in the show with Judd Zolgad. But the two guys you did add to bolster your bullpen and solidify things back there, Dyson and Romo came in and closed things out for you, and that's got to make you feel a little bit better about the bullpen if you're a Twins fan, right? That's I mean, why I, you went out and got those guys, especially I, on a night when apparently, even though you had a day off, I know he's had a heavy workload lately and has had his troubles lately, but Taylor Rogers was not available for you. On a night when you don't have Taylor Rogers to be able to go to those guys for what you got out of them, which was two scoreless perfect innings uh, from, from those two guys, you will take that... 10 times out of 10 and it's got a Help you sleep a little bit better at night, along with my pillow.
2: Uh, Dyson certainly interesting. I don't think anyone was really worried about Sergio Romo. I mean, he, since he had been traded for, he's essentially sure. made one bad pitch that really didn't cost the Twins. Yeah, Yasiel Puig put it over the fence, but th- they still won that game by three runs. Like th- it wasn't a big deal. The Dyson thing's interesting because he looked closer to the guy that I think the Twins thought they were trading for. He had some location issues early and and got three outs, one, two, three. It was a perfect inning for him. I still don't think. That's quite. He didn't look quite as good as the Twins probably hoped, but he looked much better than he previously had. I, I still don't think he's quite back to being the same guy that he was in San Francisco, but last night was definitely a step in the right direction. If you're going to get that version of Sam Dyson, as opposed to the one that showed up in Miami and in the the second outing that he had too then, yeah, you're going to feel better about him. But I, I still don't think he's going to be a dominant shutdown reliever or anything of that stretch, but he's certainly not going to be the guy he was before going on the IL either.
1: I will say this. These quotes from Sam Dyson after the game, good and bad, talking about how he feels after getting the, the time off for the, the shoulder tendonitis. He said, fantastic, much better. Honestly, the last two years, my arm's been pretty much killing me. So the last four or five days have been amazing. I threw without irritation at all. So, yeah, I'm very excited to go out and compete with the guys. I didn't know they were training for a guy who, for the last two years, his arm's pretty much been killing him. That's also concerning considering
2: I'm... I'm pretty. I mean, okay, maybe I'm not positive here, but I would assume that throughout the course of an off season, he gets more than four or five days off. You think so? And his arm's still <laughs> killing him. If that's the case, I don't know if he means like constantly, nonstop. But the but if season. if that's the case, then his arm's probably going to hurt again real soon. Probably. Like my guess would be he's going to pitch two or three more times. It's going to go well, and his arm's going to start to kill him again.
1: I mean, I know tendinitis is a it's a chronic condition. It's that- going to flare up again at some point, whether it's this year, in the future, whatever. Sam Dyson is not going to be pain free for the rest of his life. It's always going to come back, but for him to say that his arm's been killing him for the last two years, so getting four or five days rest is amazing. Does that make you feel like the twins didn't do their homework here? No, they had to have known. Two years? That has to have been disclosed.
2: I don't think I'm trading for a guy that's been in arm pain for two years. I mean, (laughs) like if they did do their homework there and and realize that this guy's arms been a ticking time bomb for two years, trading from is probably not the wisest of ideas. I understand you, you got you got desperate at the trade deadline and you needed to do something with five minutes left. I mean, man, he's been getting years.
1: He's been getting it done for two years with that elbow. But it's a it's a time bomb. You
2: only need him for two more months. and It's going to explode and cause your bus to crash.
1: You don't really care if his arm falls off after October. You don't you don't give a damn.
2: That much is true, as, as we've seen plenty of organizations before in the past. But if his arms already hurting, I mean, I, I don't care if his arm falls off at the end either. But. I think it, that it should be because it's something that this organization caused, not because of previous wear and tear. Like, Aroldis Chapman, clearly not the same pitcher. Do the Cubs care? No. no. But he was a great pitcher, and his arm was fine before then. Andrew them. Miller, I don't even Andrew know. Andrew Miller is in, still St- pitching? He's in St. Louis, and he's terrible now. Do the Indians care? <laughs> not, not one bit. Not no, because they gave him bit. his no. best. It's clear that you're, you're not getting Sam Dyson's best. That's the problem.
1: I mean, he was been pretty good for the Giants. He was pretty good for the Giants, and he was he looked like a— Closer to being that guy last night. But I, I would be concerned no, that... No, I don't like hearing that. I can't he is, pretend that I like hearing he that is, his arm's been killing him for two years. He's one pitch
2: away from being not that guy again, and it could always be the next pitch. Why that's something bring, that's concerning. Why do you got to bring gloom and doom to the first place? I'm not now? trying to bring, bring gloom and doom. That's a realistic possibility, is it not? <laughs> no, you're right. Like, that's something that I think should concern I mean, you actually, after
1: what he... Like, I don't know. Like, obviously it could flare up again. But what's the risk for like more serious injury when, you're, bicep when you're throwing with snap. tendonitis? Is that I don't? Even... I, I would assume. I mean, I'm not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination. No, I thought I, that's why we hired you. you with as with as all the injuries I've
2: with all the injuries I've had, and and the one thing I am an expert on is probably Byron Buxton's shoulder. But I I haven't experienced bicep tendonitis, but it's it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt. It's it's going to not be a, an easy thing to pitch through, and we saw the effect that it had on him. Right, if, if he's saying that if he goes back to that guy who he was his first two appearances if he's saying that his arm's been killing him for 2 years i'm willing to bet that this guy's arm's probably not going to hold up for a very long time here
1: there's there is soreness in the future hopefully that's all it is and he can he can continue to pitch but even it if like there, there for is the soreness for a
2: while. how's that going to affect him How's that going to affect his pitch location, his velocity? You have to think about those things. If your arm's hurting that bad that you had to, had to go on the IL, that's a problem. No, I don't like it. I'm no, not, I don't think I, no, I'm not, no, not I'm not saying I like you should. It. I think it's something that should worry you. I, I would have felt much better and I hadn't seen those comments until you read them to me. I would have felt much
1: better about Sam
2: Dyson after watching him pitch last night, but then after hearing him say that it makes, it should make you a little queasy.
1: A little bit, but like I said, this is something he's been pitching with for the Giants at a very high level for the last couple of years. He gets the time off. He looks closer to that guy again for the Twins last night. And, uh, yes, it's going to come back. There will be irritation. There will be flare-ups. But hopefully he can pitch through it for the Twins for two months. That's all you're asking. Like we went through thoroughly, you don't care what happens to his arm after the two months. If you can get that guy for two months, tendonitis or not, you'll take that so seeing that last night for me paired with Romo on a night when you didn't have Taylor Rodgers for your bullpen after a hiccup by Ryan Harper closes it out and gets you a big win that's real that's you take a big deep breath after that and go our bull, our bullpen got the job done tonight they they got the job done i the bat more so got the job done. The
2: bat of yeah. Marwin Gonzalez, I think, deserves more credit than the bullpen for that win. I mean, you can't give up three I'm runs. I'm passing around, man. I'm passing around. I, I can't the give the cheer. bullpen credit for the win. Romo and Dyson did their jobs, but the bullpen as a whole didn't. The You you blew a three run, three run lead as a
1: bullpen. Next like, on that, my list. That didn't do the job. Of what made last night the Biggest and best night in the Twins 2019 season. And we'll open up the Twins' vent line next segment if you want to get in on this and talk about your takeaways from the big 7-5 win over – the uh, Brewers last night, and get in, 651-646-8255 if you want to line up now, and we'll take those calls in the next segment, or tweet us at SKORNORTH. But it's funny that you uh, bring up Byron Buxton, because that was next on my list of what made yesterday a really good day for the Twins, and that was good news on both uh, Nelson Cruz, and not quite as good news, but also still good news when it comes to Byron Buxton. And, Danny, people say injuries are an excuse You can say that all you want. There's a reason why the guys who start, start. They're better than the guys who are not starting, to put it quite simply. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton. They're far better than the guys who are not starting. And you know... Everybody knows I've been cut the brakes guy this year. My confidence, my faith in this Twins team and winning the AL Central has not really wavered, regardless of how close to you. Oh, Indians it wavered earlier this gotten, week. Stop no, that right not there. Not really. Yeah, oh, yes, it the, did. The only the only wavering that you I showed. You started saying for now. The only wavering now, that I showed. For now. That's wavering. Because. That's get, wavering. I'm getting to it. I did say. You wavered. If Cruz and Buxton are out for an extended period of time, we've got to get these breaks fixed because that's too much to overcome. If it was one or the other, they've shown that they can at least survive. But being without both of those guys, and if they were going to be without both of those guys for an extended period of time, that hurts you, and that can make a difference in a tight pennant race. And I think that the news we got yesterday on both of those guys is huge. It sounds like Nelson Cruz could be back very soon. Still no timeline on Byron Buxton, but it sounds like he's getting close to at least attempting baseball activities, which is a big step for coming back from that injury.
2: I would have my concerns about both these guys. It does sound like Nelson Cruz is going to be back soon, but we don't know what Nelson Cruz is going to be when he comes back. And everyone wants to point at Justin Morneau as the guy who had a, a very similar injury back in, what year was it, 06 or 08 or whatever it was when he had the very similar injury to his wrist, but there are a couple differences there. It was Morneau's top hand, it's Cruz's bottom hand, that's going to affect him a little bit differently, Right. and Morneau didn't exactly have a very good year when he dealt like that. He w- he was a pretty he was not a good hitter. I'm I was talking to Phil Mackey about this the other day. He goes, Yeah, Morneau couldn't get the ball out of the infield when he was dealing with that. I'm just curious, because Nelson Cruz is still going to go up there. He's going to take grown man swings. Right. But that's how much he knows how to do how much power is he really going to have here? I, I I think that his power is going to go down and maybe some of those balls that we're getting out are just fly balls now. And I don't know if that and, and maybe maybe that's not the case. Maybe he looks the same. But I don't know. And then with Buxton, <coughs> I've got my concerns there because that shoulder injury, it's going to be loose. He's not going to have a right. stable shoulder. he's to he, stop running into walls. It's, the running into walls is always a concern, but now diving for a fly ball is my biggest concern with him. He could dive for a fly ball. That shoulder comes out of place, and he's having surgery and out until next May or June. That's, that's the worst case scenario here is that if Byron Buxton doesn't learn how to play a little less reckless, and I really don't think it's going to affect him at the plate that much, but I think that that shoulder is not going to be very stable. They're going to do everything to strengthen everything around that joint, but you really can't strengthen the joint or the likely tear that he has in his labor rotator cuff, and that's going to, that's going to it's going to be loose, and it's if he can, runs into a wall, it could very pop out. It, it's something that has happened to me several times. I had three shoulder surgeries. That doesn't sound like fun, Danny. All of them started with the same injury that Byron Buxton just suffered.
1: This is That's not promising. No, I, I'm, you didn't hear I'm the...
2: very concerned for, for Byron Buxton because I think that he could die for a fly ball, his arm could be out of place, and then he's not playing again until next June.
1: If you didn't hear the specific news on those two guys uh, yesterday, Cruz won't require surgery because... And this is going to sound weird. The tendon popped like if it had ju- if it, if it had still been together and swollen, then they might have had to go in there and perform surgery. but because it popped, it eased the pain and the pressure there in the wrist, so he won't won 't require surgery and is basically Pain free. As for uh, Buxton, Baldelli said he's been able to not just do everything we've asked him to do, but he's done it with minimum discomfort. That being said, with what he's gone through, it's close to best-case scenario to this point. We still have a way to go. We still have a little bit of time, and we have to wait and see how he does. Once he starts swinging the bat and doing that against some sort of pitching or velocity, change of speeds and things like that, we'll address that when it comes. But as far as where we're at right now, he's done really well so he's progressing and yeah he's going to be at risk like Danny said probably for the rest of this season whenever he does come back but the fact he's progressing and getting closer to the field is very good news because I'll take eighty percent Byron Buxton with a chance for re injury over J Cave or whoever else you're gonna throw out there in center field.
2: Yeah, that's that's certainly the the smart approach and I I would agree with you that he is far better than either of those guys, but there's going to be inj- there's going to be reason for concern for Buxton, not just the rest of this year, but for a long time with that shoulder.
1: We'll open up the twins vent line next segment if you want to get in on the Twins talk six five one six four six eight two five five or tweet us at S-K-O-R North on the Score North first place Twins show after a huge win last night. We're live from Bumbasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, where the magic number is 43, and back after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. 12.42
0: here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. If you missed it last night, the Indians, well, they lost after the Twins won this is what it sounded like last night.
1: Whitgren's next delivery. Swung on in a rocket to right
0: that's way out of here. Trying to surprise him with a changeup. And Jackie Bradley Jr. hammers his 14th. Wow. And just like that, Boston
1: answers you should be playing, that kick in the stomach yesterday. they took in the ninth inning with a home run from Jackie Bradley Jr. here in the 10th. And the Red Sox the now back on top nice. of the Indians, 7-6. Yeah,
0: like to six. <laughs> You don't like this one, though, Danny, do you? I mean, it wasn't great, but it is what it is. <laughs> it's a long season. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, that's what it sounded like as the Indians lost to the Red Sox last night to give the Twins a half-game lead in the AL Central. Lastly, you can join myself and Dan Terra this evening beginning at 6.30 for ScoreNorth's coverage of Minnesota United and the Colorado Rapids. Pre-game at 6.30 with the kick at 7 right here on ScoreNorth on AM 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the first place twin show.
1: That's tonight. Minnesota United yep. Soccer right here on Score North. This is the Score North first place twin show live from bombasota The land of 10,000 rakes, Magic number 43. Rami Makhlouf here. Danny Cunningham there. You just heard Jonathan Harrison on the Score North download. Judd Zolgad banging away right now at a Marwin Gonzalez column. That'll be hitting scorenorth.com soon. And the Score North mobile app. If that's something that you're interested in. What? That's a common term. Take your take your head out of the gutter, no. Harrison. All right. Not going to happen. Or don't. It's fun in there. 651-646-8255 <laughs> six, six, five, five <laughs> are the phone numbers if you want to get in on the Score North first place Twin Show or you can tweet us at SKOR North. I've been talking throughout the show about why last night was the best night of the season yet for the 2019 Minnesota Twins, six five one six four six eight two five five, or tweet us at SKORNORTH. Let's get in uh, Andrew, who's listening in Indiana. Andrew, you're on Score North. What's up, man?
0: Hey, guys. How's it going? I love Good. the show. Been Thanks. listening all summer. Um, yeah, so you were just playing those highlights from last night, and really I think you've been talking about last night it being one of the highlights of the season. I think it really encapsulates how much of a roller coaster the last two weeks have been. I was laying in my bed last night, just paying attention to the ESPN app. My wife was telling me to fall asleep. I couldn't do it because I, I had to <laughs> to see what happened. Um, and I, I shut my phone off, saw the Twins, blew the, the lead, classic bullpen, saw the Indians, came back in extra innings. Thought I was going to wake up, you know, see an article about how the season's over. But amazingly, half game ahead, um, it's been quite a ride. I was actually at the – my dad and I road tripped out to Cleveland to go to that game that Buxton got hurt at. And when we were at that game, had so much confidence uh, of how the season was going to end. And now I, I am starting to think about jumping off the bus. Rami, I'm sorry. Don't do it. No, man, do so, it. What is, so, save yourself. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I was born in – Don't New get New hurt. York, so I've, I've never seen a World Series – uh, I mean obviously i 've never seen any Viking success, but really the <laughs> twins have been the hope um, and so i'm I'm really holding out some hope for this season and so I, I I see that you know we have Tyson back that really helps the bullpen, but the starting rotation really, really concerning, um, even though we have quite the lineup i, I just i 'm not sure how we 're going to make it through the playoffs. Andrew, I
1: appreciate the call, listening all the way in Indiana on the totally free Score North mobile app, I'm sure, is how he's listening to or us. Or on ScoreNorth.com. ScoreNorthLive.ScoreNorth.com is how you can stream us live. But that app, man, ooh, baby, that app. Like, you get points. The price might go up. The more points you rack up, the nice more and free rewards for now. you can get I, I, if you I, stream us live. I heard it might go up soon. Download and subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. It's your one-stop shop for all written content from ScoreNorth.com as well. And like Danny and Jonathan are saying, it's free. But for a possibly limited time, so act fast. I can't confirm or deny know, that I've seen a plan for. It's a cost of money. I talked about this yesterday, at some length on Mackie and Judd with Rami about the 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 mindset of of Minnesota sports fans, not just Twins fans, but Minnesota sports fans. But when it comes to the 2019 Minnesota Twins, if we could, if we could just look at that team in a vacuum for a second. The division race is a lot closer than you wanted it to be. But let's just look at the way that they've performed in games. When they've gotten down, when teams have scored runs and made a statement, the Twins time and time again this season have answered and have come back and won the type of games that we saw last night. For a long time, they didn't have to. They were just beating up on people and didn't really have to win the close games. But I was, border- now you again... I always put this disclaimer on it whenever I make a statement like this. You can't go on Twitter because that tends to skew negative, not necessarily polls, but people's comments and your mentions tend to skew negative on Twitter and social media. All my all my whole. mentions are negative right now. I would imagine you've been sort of asking for that for a few days. I don't days. care. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you should, but you also shouldn't be surprised either. No, oh, I'm not. But I was I was surprised, borderline shocked at the number of people that were in my mentions or that I saw on Twitter last night who were acting like that game and the division was over because within a matter of minutes and i saw you celebrating that as well i didn't celebrate the, it the twins went down and the indians went up i didn't celebrate anything i saw a, i saw a tweet from you i just tweeted that it had happened I oh, didn't celebrate you were
2: just anything. pointing
1: out that it happened i
2: also pointed out when it happened the other way okay fair enough i pointed out that the indians lost and Marwin Gonzalez took the lead within a minute of each other it fair was enough. fascinating that fair it was it and was fascinating that it happened that way i didn't celebrate one way or the other yesterday
1: and last night was a roller coaster much like yeah. this season has been, like the last caller said, but the number of fans who just threw their hands up in the air at, if forget the division, just last night's game alone, have you not been watching this team? I know how you've been conditioned as, as a Minnesota sports fan, like I said, but this team, they look, if you don't think they're going to win the division, you don't think they're going to win the division, but in, in any particular game to count them out when they're within two runs, because the bullpen blew a lead. You have not been watching this club or you just have a bad memory. Because there was not a point at any point last night where I said this thing's over. Did you? No, you you shouldn't say that. And I actually felt more confident once I saw
2: Josh Hader come out of the bullpen for Milwaukee. Because he's done nothing but give up home runs this season. Yeah, man. Like he was probably the best reliever in baseball last year and now he just gives up bombs all the time
1: and that's a really good recipe for the twins. He's still pretty good but the home runs are He's a problem. given up he's yeah. given up as many
2: home runs this year as he previously had in every year of his career combined. Right. So, yeah, I I was more confident when he came out of the bullpen.
1: And I don't know if it's fair to say this yet, but at some point, just like we talked about with other relievers earlier in the show, all the workload that they put on Josh Hader was going to catch up to him.
2: Oh, his ERA after the All-Star breaks like 6. Really, is it that bad? It's pretty bad. Oof, that's pretty bad. He's not been he's not been a very good pitcher as of late, and that's a huge problem for the Brewers. Well, the Brewers have a lot of problems. They're the Brewers are the most mediocre team in baseball. I think they're just the most average team out there.
1: Like of the contenders, or just uh, of, just of, of, all, of baseball? all of the
2: teams, because there, there are a lot of really good teams. There are a lot of above average teams. There are about a, re, a lot of really bad teams. Oh, a are lot are of below, really bad, below teams. average teams. There is nothing more mediocre than the 2019 Milwaukee Brewers. They are the most average team out there.
1: I mean, when you have a guy like Christian Yelich doing what he's and doing, and he's the only reason right. that they're they are. That's mediocre. what I was just gonna say. Yeah, like if they didn't have Christian Yelich, they'd be a bad team. Were you Were you surprised by all the people acting like? Did you see what I saw? The people acting like it was over last night? Um, went we know, down because I don't
2: think I follow as many people as you. Okay. I don't have uh Twins fans necessarily gravitating towards me because I haven't... I also
1: had Judd Zolgad tweeting at me with his 30 whatever thousand followers sure. tagging me in tweets, so I was getting tied up in, in some of that dialogue as well. Not that I mind. I didn't mean to paint that in a negative way, but I was getting tied up in some of that dialogue as well. And like, I just... And it wasn't necessarily people I follow who, or who follow me. I was just on Twitter last night and seeing a lot of the chatter around this game and I was like, really? Like, you think they can't win this game? all the games that they've won this year and the way that they won them, you don't think they can win this game? No, I mean, it was never a doubt to me that
2: they could win that game. I didn't necessarily feel super confident that they would, but it was never like, oh, they're done, they're
1: finished. Like, they were down one run. Let's get in uh, Doug in Lakeville. You're on the Score North First Place Twins show. What's up, Doug?
0: Hey, guys. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Uh, questions about Michael Pineda. I kind of uh, feel like he is, is a key right now. Was he just given basically ten days rest, and then what is he do back? You guys talked about a six-man rotation, so you got Gibby today the Smeltzer. You got Odo again, um, then Barrios, then Martinez. So if you, if you put uh, um, Pineda back in there, you got six guys. But again, I before he went down, I thought he was our third best starter. And I'm anxious to see him get back and crone and then just keep a fingers crossed on Bucks what do you think about Bucks in September first, maybe?
1: Yeah, we're hoping for a September for Bucks as as far as Panada goes, that's a guy who I think as he was and it's weird to say this about a guy who's on the I L, but as he was getting healthier, I think he was getting better for the Twins. And I agree. He probably was in his in his last handful of starts, probably the twins' third best starter and it's the same different ligament, but mm-hmm. same thing we were talking about with Dyson earlier. It's it's tendinitis, which is a chronic condition yep. that is going to flare up and it's going to require rest for maintenance and, and all, the, all the things that go into any type of chronic condition that flares up and tends to degenerate, tends to get worse over time. But I think that when he does get back, if he if he. Picks up right where he left off. I think, and I, nobody would have been saying this earlier in the season, but that's a big boost for that rotation.
2: And as far as it just being a 10 day rest for him, I don't think that's the case because he would have pitched yesterday. Right.
1: No? He was he, eligible, he, to, he come was back eligible to come off the
2: IL yesterday and he could have pitched against the Brewers and that was the spot to do it with a struggling Martin Perez due up in the rotation. So I do I don't think that this is just a we're gonna give this guy a ten day break here. I
1: thought it was, but obviously, like you said, obviously if if that was the case, he would have been back yesterday. I don't think they said, ah let's give Martin Perez one more chance and hold and hold because even still he would have been activated by today or tomorrow. And we haven't really heard that today. The twins are gonna get started in just a few minutes. On YouTube. on, uh, On YouTube I hope this is better than the Facebook broadcast. Did you watch the Facebook
2: broadcast last year, Danny? I watched a couple of them. I think the Brewers played a a few times on Facebook. I know Cleveland did, too. The Facebook broadcast was... uh, I was not a fan of the Facebook broadcast.
1: And that's not a knock on the announcers. I thought they were good. I thought the announcers were good. okay, yeah. The broadcast was good. I just... Well, I shouldn't say the broadcast was good. The announcers were good. The broadcast just seemed like they were cutting corners. It seemed low-budget to me. The sound was... Slightly off the the it wasn't it, it was not like a major ca- league broadcast right. It seemed like the camera angles were were limited. I don't know who are the announcers for for this one though. Are they bringing I, the same guys back from Facebook? I have no idea.
2: Hmm. I I have watched a YouTube game earlier this year and it was it was better than Facebook, but it still wasn't great. Like I'm not crazy about the whole idea. I don't think that that's going to be the future. I really don't think people are going to go to YouTube to watch games or Facebook to watch games or whatever. I mean.
1: YouTube TV is great. I don't know YouTube why.
2: TV is fantastic. I am a I am a subscriber to YouTube. Oh, you TV. are. Yes. I thought you didn't have any TV uh, subscription no, I, and services. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I oh, yeah, look at actually you. with Declan Declan Goff who works here at Score North. The, yeah, the two of us and Seth Auger who runs our social media. We're all on a YouTube TV plan together.
1: Together, like, yeah.
2: So it's uh, like fifty bucks a month, but you can have up to six people on the account. So it's like eight dollars a month.
1: Isn't that supposed to be like in the same household though? Or are you? It doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's up to six accounts. You can have up to six TVs on it. And you guys got how many on there now? Um, I
2: think five. You got room for one more. I mean, you can only. You gotta talk, Declan. <laughs> talk to Declan. I mean, I'm sure we will. Because right uh,
1: now I'm paying the full freight. I'm paying the full, the full fifty. It is just. Paid. Oh, you're on YouTube TV it's too. Just me and my girlfriend. Yeah, it seems kind of pointless now.
2: I mean, it's tough for you, man. <laughs> Let me get in on that
1: is what I'm saying. You got to talk to Declan. All right. I will do that. Declan's going to go out to that cookout and get me some food. So I, th- I might have used up all my Declan favors for the day. I'm not sure. We'll work on it.
0: you getting more food from the cookout?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, what of it? I work- I'm not
0: judging. I, was just I sounded
1: pretty judgmental, Jonathan. I worked
2: out hard this morning, Jonathan. All right. <laughs> I haven't worked out in worked like two out weeks. Horde. All right. I'm worried my Achilles is going <laughs> to pop. <laughs> I'm serious. No, man. don't do that. I was laughing at the face Jonathan made when I said horde. Oh. I don't know
0: what that word was, but okay. Horde.
1: You never hard. heard that? Horde.
2: No. All right. You need to get that guy a dictionary.
1: Uh so like I said, that game will be starting soon on YouTube. If you know how to watch games on YouTube, turn the volume down on that. Keep the volume up on the score north first place. Twins show live from Basota. The land of ten thousand ranks where the magic number is forty three. Danny gets the hook. We call in the big righty, Judd Zalgad, right after this. Look for specially marked packaging and visit
0: mtnduegaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.